Today on The Travel Guys. In the travel news, United Airlines lays off 600 unvaccinated workers, and U.S. reentry is going to be a lot tougher if you are unvaccinated. We have details next. At 3.20, our Smarter Traveler segment, we send out a red alert regarding rental cars during the holiday season. New Airlines technology means less time on the runway and less wasted fuel burned on the atmosphere. Every year, TSO, the Trans-Siberian Orchestra, brings an incredible holiday show to Sacramento. At 3.35, Tom puts on his entertainment guy hat and talks to Al Petrelli about this year's show on December the 3rd. Chris Elliott is our resident airline watcher, and he likes to see them follow the rules once in a while. And in 3.50, we talk about the Department of Transportation maybe getting tough with some of the airlines regarding COVID refunds. Thanks for joining us on this first Sunday of October. If you're a traveler, welcome. You found a home with the Travel Guys. On the road again. Just can't wait to get on the road again. Another edition of the Travel and Entertainment Guys brought to you by Sports Leisure Vacations. With you, Mark Hoffman and Tom Romano. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Mark's there in Sacramento in his uh, little studio at his office. And I'm still in San Antonio, Texas. Good to see you, Mark. How you doing, my friend? I'm doing very well. I'm doing very well. As the baseball season winds down to a close, the final day of the regular season today. So, you know, for those of people, for those of who are baseball fans, particularly if you happen to be a Giants fan, um, this is a, a pretty good time of the year. And uh, it's a pretty good time for sports leisure vacation baseball fans, I might add. And why don't you tell us why? Well, we have finagled a few tickets for the first home playoff game that the Giants will be playing this coming week. Uh, so if you would like to attend, it looks like they'll be playing either the Dodgers or the Cardinals. Uh, the game will likely be on Friday night, but there's also a possibility it could be on Monday. Call the Sports Leisure Vacations office for details. We open at uh, 9 o'clock on Monday morning. There are still a few seats available. Um, they're not inexpensive. The face value of the tickets is $196, and uh, so the package is just under just under 300 bucks to go down and see the ball game. But uh, you might end up seeing a piece of history. So anyway, if you're interested in uh, the Giants playoffs, at least this first round, um, Sports Leisure Vacations has tickets that includes a transportation to the game, refreshments on board, and a lower-level left-field seat. And so you can give us a call on Monday morning, 916 916- Three six one two zero five one. That's nine one six three six one two zero five one. Excuse the blatant commercial, Mister Romano, but I have a lot of hundred ninety six dollar tickets I need to get rid of. 
Wow. Well, uh, here's the deal, and not to sound like an extension of the uh, commercial, but the price of those tickets on the open market uh-huh. and when the scalpers get their mm-hmm. hands on them uh, in a few days is going to be uh you know, like yeah. so, so, so much more. I mean, this is like a, like stealing if you're it's, a baseball. It fan, seems so. like a lot of money, but you're right uh, when you think about what it will cost you to get the tickets on the open market, and the fact that uh, you know taking a bus to the ballpark is so awesome because we have some special arrangements with the Giants. We're able to to park fairly close to the to the ballpark, and so you know when the traffic is bad coming home, you can be sitting on the bus and sipping a glass of wine or. Um, eating the box lunch that we provide on the way home, and you don't have to worry about. It. Doesn't matter what the traffic is or anything, because uh, you're not doing you're not doing the driving, and when you don't have to worry about parking at the ballpark, and all of those fun things. We have been taking people to the ballpark in San Francisco for 43 years, so two different <laughs> ballparks, I might add. Uh, but anyway, so I'm I'm really looking forward to uh, it. It's been a great baseball season, and so it's a great opportunity. And thanks to the Giants for. Uh, making sure that a longtime customer had a way to provide uh, at least some of its baseball fans with the opportunity to see the playoffs this year. Awesome. Uh, by the way, uh, if you want to follow along, uh, links to our special guests later on in the program at TravelGuysRadio.com. And at the top of every Travel Guys Radio program, we bring you up to date on the travel news. And with it, here's Mark. Well, let's see here. Travel news. Uh, All over the country, vaccination deadlines are coming up. You know, folks were given, uh, businesses gave their employees a period of time, and at the end of that time, they were supposed to be vaccinated or it was time to hit the the road. Uh, United Airlines was one of those. They got uh, down to only 600 sounds like a big number, Tom, of, of people to lay off. Uh, for refusing to get vaccinated, but it actually is less than 1% of the airline's 67,000 workers. Um, there were about 9% that were unvaccinated as the deadline approached, but almost all of them decided um, to get vaccinated and uh, keep working for United Airlines. So that's kind of good news, I think, yeah, that yeah. only a small, a very small percentage. United says that more than 98% of its employees have been vaccinated. Uh, after the management announced the mandatory policy in early August. Uh, And then, of course, there are probably a few people in there with medical or religious exemptions. But uh, good to know if you are flying with United Airlines and you are standing next to one of United's 67,000 employees, there is a 98-plus percent chance that that person is vaccinated. So to me, as a traveler, that means something. I want to try to keep my – I'm vaccinated, but I want to try to keep myself – safe and i don't want to catch something and give it to other people and mess up uh, their lives too this is kind of a cool story tom um the faa has uh reduced airline taxi time there is some new uh, software a new technology now that is going to reduce the amount of time you know especially i can i'm thinking here of chicago or denver because i'm a united guy and right. you know you get on the plane and you go out and as you're taxiing out, you can see this long line of airplanes, and you know that you're about to get in line at the end of it, and that you are 10th or 14th or 22nd in line for takeoff. And at the rate of, you know, 30 to seconds to a minute of each plane, that, you know, you'll be airborne eventually. Uh, right. Of course, all those airplanes are sitting there burning fuel all that time. So if you got 15 airplanes sitting 
and they're waiting an average of 10 minutes apiece, that's a lot of pollution. And the other thing is it's a lot of money. Yeah. So the airlines have figured out a way now, technology that will keep the planes at the gates longer. This uh, technology is able to predict uh, takeoff times and the like. And in essence, put the planes in line while they're already at their gate, while they're still at their gates, so that now instead of taxiing out and waiting 15 minutes on the runway with the, with the gas running, you're with the airline for the jet fuel. Now you're going to sit at the gate and then taxi out, and now you're second in line to take off. So you've saved a tremendous amount of fuel. These are the kinds of things, the kinds of technologies that can really make a sizable difference if you get a whole bunch of them. So it's good to see the industry, the airline industry, now starting to think in this way of, you know, how can we not only get rid of the crowd on the, on the tarmac, but uh, we can environmentally do a little better, not to mention the amount of money that you save in fuel that you didn't burn. So this is, this is overall, it's a little tiny thing, and it might have gotten lost in the headlines, but it's a big deal. We've got, our planet is in big trouble, and those of us who travel are contributing to it. So if we want to keep traveling um, and, and, and be able to, in good conscience, to say that you know, we're not disproportionate contributors to pollution and to the problems that the planet is having with the climate and stuff, then we've, we've got to embrace things like this. So this is really cool, and I hope that we see a long line of this type of thing. Hotel, there are things that hotels can do. Um, you know, they're making sure that, that, that uh, freezers now are not leaking and stuff like that. So they're little things, but together uh, they'll make a big difference. Anyway, um, onwards to the next uh, headline here. Universal Studios in Hollywood has uh, is changing their entry requirements starting in October. So that would be starting uh, this weekend. They are You are going to have, a, have proof of vaccination or a negative COVID test for everyone 12 years old and up in order to gain entry to the park t- starting on October the 7th. So this is, as we've talked in uh, previous weeks, really the trend around the country is if you're not vaccinated um, or you don't have the, 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 the proper medical uh, documentation, then you're not going to get into a lot of these places. So congratulations to Universal Studios for keeping their people safe. Uh, Tom, I want to show you something here. Remember last weekend we talked about how American Airlines had changed their terms and conditions, you know, their contract of carriage? Right. Uh-huh. Okay. And so All that's right. the, so, yeah, that's the contract between you and the airline that basically says what they have to do and don't have to do. And, of course, it's, it's very long and very wordy. And fortunately, some very smart people went through it and said, oh, here are where the differences are and pointed them out to us. So that those of us uh, who are not real good at that, that legalese would at least know what we were looking for. Here, Tom, is you can, I think you can see this. I'll hold it up. This is Hertz. They changed their terms and conditions this week. Oh, yeah. They sent me a notice. <laughs> it's 18 pages, Tom. And as you can see, the type is not very big. Oh, man. It's pretty well, much I... single spaced. A lot of it is capital letters, which makes it even harder to read. Well, all I can tell you is that that one is going to probably get the uh, same amount of read time as the the previous ones, or even less. Well, exactly. I mean, who reads that? Who reads that stuff? No, and they know this. So the deeper you bury, if you got something you want to bury, just don't put it on the first two pages because there'll be a few people who will read that. 
Um, but literally 36 pages in order. And Hertz sent out this notice. And do you think Hertz said, please see page seven, because we have cha- in par- the third paragraph, we have changed the way we do this. And here's how it will impact you. And would that not have been a really customer-friendly, user-friendly way to do things? But that's not what they did. They just sent it out and said, here, you know, here's the new terms and conditions. Click here to read them. And I did click there. And, uh, of course, I'm not going to read them. I'm going to hope that, like the American (laughs) Airlines things, that somebody out there who's smart enough to know about this will read them and come back and point out to us. Because it's never good news when a company does something like this. It rarely benefits the customer. So usually they've identified something that's costing them a lot of money, and they want to curtail it, and so they've made the change. And they don't want to talk about it because if they do, then it's going to get spread all over the headlines. So we'll see if we can weed it out. My suspicion is that Hertz is up to something. But anyway, Hertz is doing some things differently. We just don't know what it is yet, and that's your travel news for today. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, that that uh, you have to get your speed reading attorney to to kind of to kind of go through that. All right, my friends, we are Mark and Tom, the travel and entertainment guys, brought to you by Sports Leisure Vacations. Uh, when we come back in a couple of minutes, we're going to jump into our smarter traveler segment, and we're going to continue on talking about uh, rental cars during the holidays. It's coming up next here on the Travel Guys. Thanks for sticking around, my friends. This is Tom and Mark. We are the Travel and Entertainment Guys, brought to you by Sports Leisure Vacations. And uh, this time on uh, every program, each week around 320, we uh, make you a smarter traveler. Mark, this uh, particular trip to San Antonio, I was blessed to not have to go to the car rental place. Uh, when you have a When you have a mom that just had a baby, restricted mm-hmm. from driving for a while so i was able to commandeer her automobile <laughs> you stole your daughter's car <laughs> i did i did i saved i saved money on on car rental however you know when you get in when you get in the daughter's car the first thing you do is you know these door locks aren't working right and this uh-huh. thing and so the next thing you know i'm spending money to do repair work on her car but either way i didn't have to do a rental and uh thank gosh uh so what are we looking at here in regards to moving into the holidays uh, with car rentals? I know there's still a lot of uh, a lot of stress well, for them. The, the problem is the system. It, it's still we're still dealing with the same problem that we in, that COVID created here. The car rental companies going into COVID weren't, by and large, as a blanket statement, weren't in particularly good financial shape, and so. When COVID hit, people stopped renting cars. Well, there's a lot of cars sitting on the lot. Well, guess what? Um, payments still have to be made on those cars, and maintenance still has to be done, and you, you still got staff and rent and all those kinds of overhead things. So the car rental companies did the only thing they really could do to save money during COVID when, pe- when people were not traveling or renting cars. They ditched some of their fleet. They sold it. And so what happens is now you come out of COVID, and there aren't as many, there physically aren't as many rental cars in the system as there used to be. And people start jumping up on wanting to rent cars. Now, business travelers are not back out there yet, but leisure travelers, especially in the summer, were there in record numbers. So there was a huge demand for rental cars. I remember at, at what city was I in? 
um, waiting for like had a reservation. I'm you know fairly high up the the car rental chain in terms of frequent renters with with uh, Hertz and National, and I waited 45 minutes to an hour just to get a car, and so the the, the companies are kind of kind of stretched thin. They're overbooking a little bit. Uh, well, holiday season is coming up, and a lot of people rent cars during the holidays. I mean, they go to places like Salt Lake City, and then they go to ski resorts. And guess what? They need a car to get to the ski resort and get around. Um, they go to places like uh, Jackson, Wyoming, and go to Yellowstone and Grand Tetons National Parks. They go to Hawaii and to travel around the island uh, in most cases and, and need a rental car for it. Um, beach, other beach places, Myrtle Beach, stuff like that. We are already seeing some astronomical prices for car rentals. Um, Honolulu, uh, prices are 54% above the nation's average. Lahui, which is uh, Kauai's airport, uh, again, 54%. Jackson, Wyoming, 47%. This is above the national average, which is already inflated. So this isn't like 47% over last year. This is 47% over what the average is at all the other places right now. Could very well be twice as much as last year. So let yeah, let me jump in real yeah. quick. Is there any advantage? I mean, at this point, if you're going to be, you know, traveling somewhere for for Christmas, uh, are you going to save by? And can you? Would they allow you to book this far out? Oh, excellent! Oh, great! Travel, Swami. You knew exactly where I was going with this, even though we didn't talk about it. Yes, you can book far out for car reservations, just rental car reservations, just like you can buy. An airline ticket 11 months out, car rental va- re- va- uh, rental reservations can be made way in advance. So this is my wisdom to you. First of all, it's if you're going to travel during the holidays and you think you're going to need a rental car, make the reservation now. The prices are not going to get any cheaper. And as we get closer to the holidays, you won't care what they're charging for the car. You will just be grateful that there is a car or you're going to be down to renting from some second-tier rental company that you've never heard of before. And that might work out really well, but the landscape is littered with people who rented from Firefox and, you know, the local river travel transportation (laughs) or whatever it is, and something went wrong and they didn't have road service or they tried to ding you when you got back for some damage you didn't do, and you end up in a fight with a car rental company from the other side of the country. So um, three words of wisdom here. Make yourself a smarter traveler. First, if you're going to travel during the holidays, make your car rental reservation now. Absolutely do it now. Second, join the frequent renter club of whatever car company you're renting with. I don't care if this is the only time you're going to rent a car in your whole life still become one of those people because, again, that may help you with long lines during the holidays. It might come down to we've got six cars and there are seven people. So uh, six of you belong to the Hertz Gold Club and one of you don't. So the six that are customers are going to get cars and the one other person isn't. They may not actually tell you that, but that may be the decision that gets made in the back room where you can't see it. So join that frequent because that indicates that maybe there's potential if you're even if you're a new customer that they can do well and keep you as a customer down the road that really is a big a big 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 incentive 
So, you know, Mark, uh, yes. yeah, let me let me just step in for just a second. Uh, uh, I've been since you've been, you know, sharing that information with me, I, I've been joining. Uh, but I did make one mistake and I'll share it with our listeners is that do uh, join the frequent uh, the, whatever car rental company you choose, whatever their particular membership uh, is called. Join that before you rent your car. Uh, to, to be able to apply the rental. I did a rental and then I says, well, I think I'll go ahead and join the club while I'm logged in here. And I did. And uh, the rental I had just made does not apply. You can't go back and say, oh, well, you know, I just rented a, a car a, a half an hour ago. Uh, can I apply it to my membership? And they say, no, you got to do it in the other, other way around. So become a member then do the rental, and then it'll apply, and then you can use the benefits. And the third the third thing, so join that frequent rental club. Make sure you're making your holiday reservations um, way, way in advance. And finally, as I alluded to a little bit earlier, really resist the temptation during busy times to rent from these companies that are what I'll call second tier. Um, almost all of the, the first tier rental car companies are owned by three companies. So whether you're, you know, Enterprise, uh, let's see, Hertz has got uh, Thrifty and uh, Dollar, and those are Hertz companies. So even if you're renting from Dollar, um, don't tell them you're mad. You're going to take all your business to Hertz because your business is already at Hertz. Um, so it, it's important that you stick with the top-tier companies because those second-tier companies, it, it's just you may save a few bucks but you may run into a huge line to rent the car when you get there because again they don't have a frequent renter thing where you can have a number and they can have all this information about you ahead of time so really and truly it's avoid those second tier companies if you possibly can so that's a little bit of wisdom uh in terms of rental cars for the holidays but really the most important thing is tell your friends they're going to rent a car during the holidays they need to consider making that reservation now all right we'll check the news here on kfbk and then when we come back it's time for our annual tso interview you're going to love it that's next here on the travel guys i'm on Everybody, Mark Hoffman, Tom Romano, the Travel and Entertainment Guys, brought to you by Sports Leisure Vacations, and it's been a year. Uh, our annual, our annual entertainment interview that we do is with uh, Al Petrelli with uh, Trans Siberian Orchestra. Uh, if you recall, last year we visited with Al, and then we had the the virtual TSO show tour, if you will. But this year, good news. First of all, it's Bring him on. Al Petrelli, welcome to the Travel Guys. Uh, thanks for having me, my brother. Good to hear your voice again. Thank you. Thank you. And you as well, Al. I'm glad all is well with the band and your family. Uh, back uh, to you. Thank you. Thank you. Let's, let's begin by talking a little bit about last year, just briefly, and then we're going to move yes, forward. Uh, you, last year, it was, it was the virtual TSO tour, one big show. Uh, you know, I watched it. Uh, what was the final outcome? Did you did you get a number for uh, for streamers and all of that? The number that I had heard, and I was so moved by it, you know, because nobody knew what to expect. We'd never done anything like this before. But the number that I heard was almost two hundred and fifty thousand people had purchased the stream for their families. 
That's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> Dude, that's like incredible and unprecedented. But I tell you, you know, and from a business standpoint, it's what a great, awesome, love it, you know. Um, we, we put on like the best possible production we could have under those circumstances. But what meant the most to me is that like in 19, we did almost a million tickets sold, right? So what this told me is that if, you know, somebody purchased the live stream for their home, and it was mom, dad, and a couple kids. Well, there was the same people who had come to see us in 19, and that meant that the tradition was alive and well, and Paul's work was being celebrated yet again under the worst of circumstances. Yeah. And that in itself was like, you know what, dude, we're good. You know, I'll take it this year. I want to come back to work next year. But that meant everything to me. So thank you all in your community who helped support us and share in that celebration again. And I was glad to have done it. It, it really, you know, it, it was a little peculiar to, to set up and rehearse and do all that stuff wearing masks. But listen, you do what you got to do. I'd wear a hazmat suit to do this. You know me. <laughs> Ain't uh, that the truth? Yeah, true that, brother. And then, you know, when we finally had it all exactly how it was supposed to be, and we set up to, to, you know, film it live. You know, the producer looked at me and said, you ready for this? And I'm like, yep, hit it. And he counted backwards from 10. And all I did was close my eyes and remember what it looked like to look out and to see 17,000 people all smiling and, and, you know, kind of celebrating this together. So I had a lot of great memories to draw from. And uh, it was a really very magical moment. You know, I'd much prefer to come out and play live. But I wouldn't want to negate last year as far as that performance for anything. It was really a special moment. Very, very bittersweet and very emotional, but very awesome. Special guest here with the Travel Guys, Al Petrelli. He is the lead guitar and musical director for the Trans-Siberian Orchestra. Al, December 3rd and 4th, you're going to be coming to our little village here in the Sacramento area at the new Golden One Arena. Still new, as far as I'm mm-hmm. concerned. Uh, tell us a little bit about the protocol uh, or uh, what you might know of it uh, leading up to your tour. What do you, uh, what do you, are, is there anything that the band and, uh, and the concert is asking from concert goers? And of course, no, you know, we're, we're going to follow the rules, you know, dictated by, you know, the state government, you know, whatever the state of California says, is we, we're going to follow as well, you know. So I, I, you know, I'd be lying if I answered your question. So I'm just going to kind of say that ain't up to me at all. My job is to make sure that the band crushes whatever I'm told to do. I will do in order to like play that show. You know, I just want to play. You know, I mean, I watch TV. Obviously, we all do. And I'm watching like Sunday. You know, was kickoff in NFL. A lot of people in those you know stadiums. You know, a lot of people going to concerts. My wife shows me YouTube's of like Guns N' Roses shows or other shows that are going on. A lot of people are celebrating together. So I'll do whatever I'm told on a state by state level. Got it. Okay. Well, that makes sense. And I thought that might be the answer. The decision will here in California will be made by you know the rules that are in place at that time, exactly. December third and fourth. At 4th. that time, right. right. Right, by right. by the Golden One. Uh, we'll just wait and see how that works out. Okay, the concert itself. What are we doing in 2021, uh, December 3rd and 4th here in town? <laughs> no idea. <laughs> Absolutely no clue, dude. Uh, well, as far as musically, that, that is my side of the fence. And we've, uh, we've pulled out some songs we've never played before live that we're going to introduce to everybody, which is going to be really special. Uh, we want the dynamic of the of the show to be uh, very, you know, celebratory. Okay, the fact that we get to perform Christmas Eve and other stories in its entirety for you know on its 25th anniversary is special enough. Again, not to reiterate, but the fact that we did, weren't there last year and now we are going to be there 
this year is going to be that much more special for all of us on stage, under the stage, and in the audience, you know. Uh, as far as production goes, you know, I'm never really privy to that until we get a little bit closer, and I've always told you, listen, every year it gets bigger, better, and crazier. You know, I just know that our production heads, our crews, management, the O'Neill family, you know, has had 18 months, literally, of putting pens paper because everybody's been out of work. Like, you know, the laser guy, the pyro company, uh, the, the hydraulic lift company, nobody's been working. So the fact, whatever ideas they came up with in their downtime, I'm sure we're going to know all about it real soon. Hydraulic lift company. I mean, yeah, that, is that something? <laughs> <laughs> only with only with a TSO show would, uh, you know, there, there'd be people with tri- hydraulic lift companies clamoring to get the gig. Exactly. And listen, and a lot of these people have been with us from the jump. You know, we've been building this thing together, you know, and it's grown up together. Like I've always told you, you know, you and I have been talking for many, many years. It's like watching one of your children grow up, you know, from infancy to young adulthood. It's just like it's, it's miraculous to see what this thing has become. It's it's amazing to me. So I get excited just like anybody in the audience does when I work into our first production rehearsal over in, um, um, near Omaha, Nebraska, Council Bluffs. You know, as soon as I walk into that arena for the first time, I turn into a 15-year-old all over again trying to scalp tickets for an Allman Brothers show when I was a kid, you know. <laughs> I, it just, I get so excited. I just, you know, it'll always be part of me, and I can't wait to see what's up this time. We can't either, Al, and your fans and, and your new fans uh, will, will look forward to it. For those that may be just tuning in for the first time and they're hearing this interview, heard a little bit about TSO, and they're kind of imagining trying to kind of get a grip on, on what your show looks like if you could give people a thumbnail sketch if you could as to what a tso show is all about well musically it covers all genres um you know there's works by the great composers you know there's mozart there's beethoven uh there's Liszt. Uh, there's Grieg. Uh, you have traditional holiday themes that kind of uh, are played throughout the night. You got, you know, a great score and songs written by, you know, Paul O'Neill and company. Um, all of it's kind of like telling, uh, almost like, like when we were kids, uh, the old rock opera days, like, you know, Tommy the Who or Pink Floyd's Dark Side of the Moon or some Alice Cooper record or, you know, like the Broadway shows like uh, West Side Story or, uh, I don't know, uh, The Sound of Music or Jesus Christ Superstar. Like each song, you know, each character represents a song. Each song represents a part of the story. And when you tie them all up together, it becomes what's Christmas Eve and other stories. It's a beautifully written Frank Capra-esque tale narrated by, you know, the narrators. So it just takes the audience on this journey. Visually, it's the biggest spectacle ever. You know, it's the biggest rock and roll production ever. One minute, there'll be more fire on stage than you've ever seen before as we're playing a Mozart symphony. The next minute, it'll be snowing in the arena. Uh, the next minute, it'll be something as intimate as a solo vocal and guitar duet with one follow spot. You could hear a pin drop with 16,000 people in the building, you know. So it, dynamically, it's all over the place. That's why if you look in the audience, you'll see people from ages 2 to 92. You know, everybody has fallen in love with this work. December 3rd and 4th, uh, TSO uh, here in town. Uh, let me see. I, I had some numbers here. I think you're going to do like, I don't know, 99 shows in 59 cities or something like that. It is the 25th anniversary uh, tour, by the way, for those of you that, like myself, who 25 years ago maybe caught one of the very very first ones. So, so congratulations uh, for that, Al, and uh, reminding folks, uh, unlike... The years past, you would sometimes have to wait until, you know, uh, October before you could get tickets. Tickets are actually on sale now. 
So yeah, we're going up now, and listen, and don't stress. You know, I mean, don't if, if you don't get like in the first twenty or thirty rows, don't think you're going to have a bad seat because, as you know, my brother, there isn't a bad seat in the house. You know, the back of the arena becomes the front of the arena at times. You know, so keep in mind it's going to be a Friday night, December third, two shows. You know, we got there's plenty of seats available, and wherever you sit, I promise you, it's going to be the best show you ever seen, and it's going to be so important for us to all get back together and put this whole. 2020 thing in the rearview mirror and move forward and and just be there celebrating Paul's work and have our holiday tradition back intact. I can't wait. Outstanding. Amen. Thanks, Al. Once again, Al Petrelli with the uh, Trans-Siberian Orchestra. It's great to, great to talk to you again, Al. We'll see you at the show. Always, my brother. Stay safe. Love to the family. And uh, I'll talk to you in a couple minutes. You know, Tom, uh, having heard your interviews with Mr. Petrelli and, and talked with him a couple times myself, over the last number of years, he really is an entertainer, isn't he? I mean, he really gets into the. I mean, this is really his thing. It is these these guys, and particularly Al. They they uh, they live and breathe the TSO. I mean, he's uh, this is his passion, and every year I, I had to been very difficult last year, just doing the performance one time. Uh-huh. Uh, for a live video stream. But, yeah, he's very passionate about this. And I, I, I'll tell you, this year, even more so than in uh, in previous years. Wow. Wow. That, that you can, I mean, it really comes through when, if anybody could, if a musical director could make people want to go to a show in a big arena, you know, but, I mean, all of the special effects and stuff like that, uh, the TSO, TSO show. Anyway, tickets are now on sale. We're going to take a quick break here, and when we come back, we're going to talk to Chris Elliott. It, the Department of Transportation is going after the airlines for not refunding money to people. I mean, they are going after them. And then after with Chris, we've got a little helpful hint for you in case you're trying to seek a refund yourself from a travel supplier. We'll be right back. We are the Travel Guys. Bye. to ask you too chris i see the other day that the department of transportation has decided to investigate a bunch of airlines who didn't give refunds promptly um when covid started what a what a surprise and shock that must have been to, to you to i read. know <laughs> what a shock uh, the airlines have been notoriously slow and in fact at the beginning of the pandemic they asked the dot and the european airlines asked the european regulars this as well that if they could simply give people a ticket credit because giving a refund for all the canceled flights was too much. Now, in the meantime, the U.S. airlines have gotten $80 billion and counting. It's still We're still getting more uh, in, in federal aid. And uh, what that has done is, is it's created a sense of obligation that, you know, look, if you're going to get this aid, you should give everyone their money back as well. And so and now a lot of airlines have just been dragging their feet. And uh, I'm not at all surprised that there's an investigation. There should have been one one year ago. And instead, the DOT just issued a very stern uh, warning to every, all the airlines saying, hey, you should be giving refunds. And then, of course, you know what happened after that. Well, and for the first time, I've seen a DOT announcement that basically said um, they made a, a point to say that United Airlines was no longer being investigated because they had responded to the DOT's inquiries and had offered refunds to people that they previously had not. And I, I, I thought that was kind of unusual. It's uh, for the DOT to call out a particular airline while they're investigating a bunch of others. They also had a shout-out to Air Canada, who apparently has done a better job at, at responding to their inquiries and 
than some others. It's good to see, at least uh, on a government level, that there still are people who are looking out for the consumer because you probably noticed this over the last, oh, let's call it maybe four-plus years or so. There hasn't been a whole lot of that. (laughs) You know, Mark, I wish I could share your optimism, but the truth is that the DOT has only issued one enforcement action this year, one. Uh, If if this trend holds, it will be the lowest in history. And that one fine was against JetBlue Airways for – an infraction that happened in 2018. They left some people stranded on the tarmac, and the fine was $30,000. That's it. So if, wow. you, if you imagine, just picture yourself speeding through your neighborhood, 90 miles an hour in a 25-mile-an-hour zone. Cop pulls you over, and you go, yeah, I was speeding. What are you going to do about it? And the police officer says, that's going to be one cent, Mr. Hoffman payable right now and you go actually not even payable now payable in 30 days and you go <laughs> here you go here's a quarter keep the change that's that's the kind of fine that JetBlue got and it's just embarrassing and the government is doing nothing i actually uh with the exception of this investigation we don't know where that's going to go yet but i contacted the dot last week three times and said hey what's going on i only see one enforcement action from 2018 are you guys still there? And I got no response. Wow. Our uh, special guest, Chris Elliott, uh, consumer advocate and nationally syndicated columnist. And you are you right in the middle of this, Chris. I mean, your uh, your website and your people, they're there to help people out of situations uh, in regards to be, being a consumer advocate. And uh, you're probably going to be the first to know what the DOT is doing or not doing. Uh, you still getting a, a lot of complaints in regards to people not being able to get their refunds? We are getting slammed. And it's not just airlines. It's tour operators. It's cruise lines. It's you know any kind of travel company. Um, you can almost understand some of them, you know, maybe they're smaller, like travel agencies and they can't afford to pay out all of these refunds, or maybe they're waiting from a supplier to get a refund. But with the bigger airlines, they're just doing this as a business strategy. They're, they see the money that we've given them as a microloan, and they're holding on to it for as long as they can or until the government tells them that they have to pay it back. And that's just shameful. Or the other possibility is that some of these country, companies were not solvent to start with. So when COVID came <laughs> yeah. along, they were already operating at deficit. And when they took your money and it came time to give you your money back, they didn't have your money because they'd already spent it. Um, yep. and they can tell you that they spent it on suppliers and things for your travel, which probably is partially true. But the other thing that's partially true is it went to pay yesterday's bills. And that's why the money isn't there. So um, it, it's a nice song and dance and, and, and by some of these companies. But there's no question in my mind. That's I'm a tour operator. Um, there, I sit across the table from these people on a regular basis. So there's no question in my mind that some of them um, were not financially solvent to start with. And when mm-hmm. this came along, the reason they couldn't send people's money back was because it was physically impossible for them to send the money back. They had already spent it on something else. And yeah. ultimately, we may be down a few tour operators when this is all over. Uh, yeah, and that's that's very regrettable. Um, Here's a tip for your listeners. If you are in a situation like that and you've tried over months to try to get a refund back and it's still not there, 
think about your credit card company. You do have a way under the Fair Credit Billing Act of disputing a credit card charge, and that may, may be kind of a nuclear option um, short of going to court as um, a creditor in a bankruptcy proceeding, in which case you would only get pennies on the dollars. Chris, thank you uh, very much for your – you've been very generous with your time. Um, if you have a consumer issue of any type, not just a travel issue, but a consumer issue, um, you can go to Elliot2Ls2Ts.org and learn about Chris's organization. Not only uh, does he write and advocate for consumers, but he has an entire organization that in many cases can help you uh, by getting an answer for you or can show you, more importantly, how to help yourself uh, because they have a tremendous list of contacts and things like that available to consumers so you can actually go there and find out who to yell at yourself to get your own money back. Chris, uh, thank you so much uh, for your time, and uh, we'll catch you down the road. All right. Take care, guys. Well, I feel blessed. We are so fortunate to have uh, consumer advocate Chris Elliott uh, as a somewhat regular on the travel guys. We wish him well and want to thank him uh, for all of his help and remind folks if they go to travelguysradio.com links to uh, Chris can be found there absolutely uh, one thing I wanted to, to just mention here before we go Tom um, we're seeing this a lot at Sports Leisure Vacations I came up in one of Chris Elliott's columns one of uh, his readers responded there are a lot of extra details now if you're traveling and if you're one of those people who you know we were talking about contracts of carriage and uh, terms and conditions and all this stuff and how people don't read, you know, 36-page single-space things. But when it, if, if you sign up for a travel package and the tour company, uh, the tour operator or the travel company sends you your documents and stuff like that, you need to, right now, it's really important that you take the time to sit down and carefully go through those documents. What we're seeing is a lot of folks are not going through the documentation carefully, and then they're showing up to travel, whether it's a day trip or something longer that involves an airplane flight or something like that. They didn't read the documentation carefully, and they've forgotten something. They didn't know that I would, oh, I didn't know I was supposed to bring that. Well, it was right there. Oh, I didn't read that. And now you're in a situation where if you're traveling with a tour company, it's possible that they may be able to rally around you and make things work for you but if you're traveling independently and you get out in the middle of your trip and you don't have an important document or your vaccination document isn't recorded the way it's supposed to be or something like that you may find your travels coming to a screeching halt so i i guess this is probably a smarter traveler thing tom but um right now be really careful when you're sent something by a travel company take the time to look at it and read it and make sure that you understand uh, what kind of requirements there are, what kind of limitations there are. Um, heaven forbid you would be trying to travel without being vaccinated right now, but if you are, um, then you really have a lot of things to dodge. But even if you're a vaccinated traveler, in many cases, you are required to, to show proof of vaccination or to be tested. Uh, we're just talking about getting back into the United States now is going to be a little bit more difficult than it was uh, with testing requirements. So it's really, really important that that you pay attention and that you read the stuff that's sent to you. Critical. Good advice. Good advice. Uh, you know, it Sometimes, uh, like you say, you can wiggle your way out of this, particularly if you're traveling with somebody like your group. But if you're on your own, you could be uh, 
you could be in big trouble. Well, there you go, my friends. It's another Travel Guys radio program wrapped up. I want to remind folks that if you'd like a podcast, uh, like to listen to a podcast of this or any of our previous shows, you can find them at TravelGuysRadio.com. Baby's doing well here in San Antonio. Mark should be back in town in a couple of weeks. Hope all's well with you. You have a, a great rest of your week. Thank you, sir. Remember, if you're interested in going to see the Giants in the National League playoffs, give Sports Leisure Vacations a call on Monday morning and dance like nobody's watching. We'll see you next Sunday. All right, my friends, stay well. We'll see you next time. i